Welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and you've guessed it, this is where we talk about money. And it is my mission to empower you, to help you make the best financial decisions possible. Why? Because money is a tool, life is for living. Let's go. All right. So guys, welcome back to the podcast. We are back again with True. If you were listening to the episode last week, there were some gems all over the episode. And we thought this week what we'd do is we'd talk a little bit more about um, some of the business processes that we were talking about earlier in that, in that um, episode. Talk a little bit more about branding, then maybe get into some of uh, True's tips for people just starting out, entrepreneurs, because he knows a lot of stuff and he's got a lot <laughs> of experience in this field. So um, to start this off, True, for people who missed last week's episode, why don't you just reintroduce yourself and just give people a flavor of, of who you are and your background? Yeah, no worries. For those of you who do not know me, and, and thank you for having me back, actually. Um, my name is True Powell. I am an award-winning entrepreneur on several different businesses, which includes a performing arts academy, a social enterprise, also includes um, a children's pampering salon and also I help entrepreneurs with their personal brand so I run a consultancy based business as well. Fantastic so on the last episode and guys if you've not listened to the last episode you need to go and listen to it it will be literally the last episode in the playlist you mentioned some really important stuff towards the end of that podcast mm -hmm. that I think is worthwhile expanding on because for, for anyone who's looking to start a business who wants to be their own boss and has this dream of being an entrepreneur, a business owner, those things are, are gems and, and things to know. You mentioned, you know, one of the top tips, your last one, in fact, was making sure that you have a system and a process. I just want to elaborate a little bit on that for, for the listeners and the viewers, if you're watching this on YouTube. How do you actually go about getting started building systems and processes for your business? What's the starting point? Because it sounds quite complex and mm -hmm. very, very high level, but surely it's got to be, <laughs> there, there is always a first step. Yeah, and guys, it really isn't high complex. It really isn't high level. It really is basic. So what I did um, with my business coach, shout out Daniela, who's a systems and processes queen in the field. I literally booked out two days with her and we literally got it out of the office, as in, you know, moves of the papers and stuff, got mm -hmm. a load of post-it notes and then just started writing down step by step. Um, so we split up departments. So we had our HR department, we had our sales, we had our sales on the phone, um, we had our marketing, um, we had loads of different departments that you have within your business. And then we literally just roll on the phone, post it's not. So the first step will be to, so for example, if we do, I don't know, telephone sales, the first step would be the phone would ring. And the next step would be how many times does it ring before you pick it mm -hmm, up? Mm -hmm. So in our case, it was, we need to pick up the phone in, in five before five ring ends. Mm -hmm. And the second step, the third step would be what would the salutation be? So then we write down yep. what the salutation be, would be, the script. Mm -hmm. And then the next step will be, do we probe, do we upsell, kind of what do we do then? Um, and then the next step will be, if we are selling, then where do we go on the system? Like, do we, where do we put it in? How do we take the payment? You know, how do we take their details? You know, do we ask them if they want to go on the marketing, the mailing list mm -hmm. um, kind of thing? And it literally was just a step-by-step -step guide, just thinking about every facet of the business 
and every detail and then just writing it on a post-it and then you'll just see post-it, 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 post-it. Um, and we've done that for every single department of the business. And then what we did that next is then we used a tool called Trello, which is an amazing awesome. organization yeah. platform. Yeah. And we just literally created boards for every single department mm-hmm. and then literally put into those boards the things that we wrote on the post-it notes. Um, and I, I, I just remembered kind of thinking, wow, like this is incredible. And then I took it a step further um, and then we created um, we created um, process maps for um, those, the, the, you know, the, the, the systems that we, and processes that we did. Um, and we created those on just a Word document, mm-hmm. but there was just all like, this is what you do here. This is the next step. This is the next step. So if I was to die and touch wood, even though, you know, God loves me and I know he's going to spare my my life for many, many, many years. Um, but if anything was to happen to me, somebody could just pick up that and be like, right, we know how to run this business because yep. this is the blueprint. This is the manual. This is how True wants his business run. And I think it's really, really important. And if all of that sounds really, really complex and you think, oh, I don't want to do all of that, then as I said, Daniela is amazing. She has a actual package um, called Build My Business. Um, and she comes in and she will just do it all for you. She'll understand the business from start to finish, obviously through consultancy and asking questions. Mm-hmm. But then she will build it all for you and present you with a nice little book Um with all your systems and, and processes in. And don't be afraid to use systems. So in my business, um, I use obviously Trello. Um, I use um, different project management tools like Monday.com, mm-hmm. Dubsado, mm-hmm. Um, and they're all fantastic tools to help you with your systems and your processes and your automations. Anything that you can automate, automate like anything at all. There's been a few times where I've, like, for example, I've been doing a lot of sponsorship for these awards that I'm, I'm planning and delivering um, in a few weeks' time. And when doing the sponsorship emails, I'm like, I've wrote this line about five times. Mm-hmm. Like, is there a way that I can now automate this so I don't actually have to write the same thing continuously? Mm-hmm. Because same, same word, same text same content just different sponsor different mm-hmm. a different package but it's the same content so so we just you know, created a a template where actually we don't need to then do everything we can just put it through our systems and and away you go so it's just really and it makes your life so much more easier so much yeah. more easier and it's room for less error as well i think a lot of the stuff that you mentioned there is isn't breaking it down into the essence of the purpose of it yeah it's more about making your life easier, number one, mm-hmm. efficiency. Mm-hmm. But actually there's an element to it around customer experience, yeah. which is really important in mm. business because if your customers don't have a good experience using you, they're not going to come back no. and they're certainly not going to recommend you for a, to a friend. No. So when you're saying, you know, how many rings before we pick up the phone? Mm-hmm. What is the first line? Mm-hmm. What's the, the treatment? Mm-hmm. All of those kind of things yeah. are really, really important yeah. when it comes to business. And oftentimes things that people may not necessarily yeah. think at the outset mm-hmm. but it's one of those things that you know how many times do we go into a shop and the processes are already there yeah. we don't think about it yeah but when the processes aren't there we have a really bad experience 
what's the first thing we do? Mm-hmm. We have a little bit of a bitch and a moan about, oh, that was yeah. really rubbish. Yeah. And it could be argued, yeah. maybe not having enough systems and processes in place to know that the service but, is delivered. And, 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 and that's what it's about. And, you know, I learned from a very, very early age in, in business, in my business career, that as a black business owner and entrepreneur, I can't afford to make those customer experience mistakes because I don't have the same privileges as a, a let's say, a white business mm-hmm. owner. If somebody has a bad experience with me, they're highly likely not to come back. Whereas if they have the same, a similar experience with a white business owner or an Asian business owner, then they'll probably give them another chance. And, and, and it's... it's it's a, it's a sad reality of, of the world and the business landscape that we live in. So I, I can't afford to make those mistakes. So everything, our, our service has to be standardised. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, there has to be a minimal, minimum of customer care. If you want to go above and beyond that, that's fine. But you will pick up the phone within five rings. You will say what we need you to say from, from the script. You will upsell. You will give a standardised service. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody gets a similar treatment or, or a bare minimum of treatment. Mm-hmm. So no one's on the phone waiting for hours and hours and, and, and they can't get answered or like we, no one wants that. So it's really important that there's a standardized service. Um, and, and as I said, we, you know, we, we just can't get away with not doing that. Yeah. Um, and we didn't do it at first. We didn't have any systems and processes at first. And, and we saw the impact. We saw the reviews. We saw the complaints and I was like, mm. Mm. something needs to be mm. done about it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about side hustles. Mm-hmm. Cause we talk a lot about business and side hustles. My question to you is this, a lot of people will have a side hustle that they, they want to start out to give a little bit of extra money, additional income. And I think COVID has been very, very apparent that that is needed now, but should a side hustle, and a business be treated differently or regarded differently in your in your mind? No. And I'll tell you, what, I hate the word side, side hustle. hustle. I do. I, <laughs> it, I, sounds, it sounds I, so shady a yeah, lot of the time. It, it kind of sounds like it's just, oh, eh. <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter whether it survives or dies mm-hmm. or it's just a thing on the side that I'm doing. Kind of like you. You know, if you're playing away and you've got your, like, your bit on the your side piece, yeah. you, that's just kind yeah, of yeah, really yeah. bad connotations. And yeah. I always say it's a side business. You know, it's a business all the same. You it might be, you, 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 you know, it's a business and you need to treat it as such. And, you know, I I have a, a, a business that I, and I've always had a business that I commit to full time. And yes, it's like, it's my bread and butter. And it's a thing which has, has been the events pre-COVID, but now it's the consultancy that, literally funds and pays me and keeps a roof over my head and stuff Mm -hmm. and but in and out through all of that i've also had the performing arts academy um and then you know occasionally um, candy girl gets thrown in the mix but the performing arts academy has always been that side business that i don't rely on for for it to keep the roof over my head but it's that little bit of extra money Mm -hmm. but just because i don't rely on it it doesn't mean that I don't give it the same... Treat it with disregard, yeah, like I'm just nonchalance. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, I give it the same attention and care and nurture than I do this, my full-time business, but I just do that on a part-time capacity. Mm. And I think 
it's really important that you approach business or even a job in, in the same regard. And one of my pet hates is if people take up a voluntary role or a role that's like, mm, and don't give it the same effort and time and nurture and commitment that they will do with a, with a paid role. Mm-hmm. Don't take it up. And I've done many voluntary roles and I've, and I've committed to it. And if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it mm-hmm. irrespective of what, what income or what the outputs are going to be. And I, it, it's the same with this side hustle, inverted commas, for those of you who are listening. Treat it as a business because it is a business. And you don't know, your side hustle, inverted commas, could be the very thing that blows you. Absolutely. Up. And and you was treating it with so much disregard. So, um, yeah, I don't like the word side hustle. I, I much prefer side business and, and you know, or a part-time business that you're, you're working on. How important do you think it is for a side business to be something that someone has either an interest or a passion for, in opposed to something that is sits outside of that? And I know there is no definitive answer, but I'm, I'm interested to hear your views based on your experience. I think they need to be incredibly passionate about it. And the reason why, because often if you've got a side business and it's not the business that's giving you a full-time wage, then money isn't the motivator. Mm-hmm. And for many things, right, money's usually mm-hmm. involved as the primary motivator. But if you've got a, a side business, then it, it's, it's unlikely that money is going to be the primary motivator because it's a side business for a reason. So I think it's really important that there has to be another primary motivator that's getting you up to, to work on this side business. So it's, it's really about understanding what that is. And usually it boils down to you're passionate about the product or the service that you are bringing to the marketplace, or you're passionate about the future of this side business and you're hoping that one day it's not going to be a side business Mm -hmm. and it's going to be the thing that takes you out of your full-time work and gives you a life full of riches and gold and you live happily ever after. And I think, that's really, really important, but it does always boil down to passion because there is no other primary motivator at that point when you're working on that side business. I, I would completely agree. And I think for, for people who are in business, you want to cry sometimes. Mm. And if you're not passionate about yeah. it, you have n- there's nothing stopping you from just being like, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing this anymore. And you'll probably know this better than I do <laughs> that, you know, it is your baby and having it mean something to you mm-hmm. just is that little bit of extra push that sometimes you'd need just to break through some really difficult periods. It's true. And it really is about understanding oneself and understanding why you do what you do. And I think you know, I, I we see it all the time with um, Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs, and and for me, it is all about that self actualization piece. Now, it's really about who I am and mm. where I am in my journey, and me now proving to myself, me now proving to the man in the mirror that I can do it and I will do it, and there's nothing that's going to stop me from doing it. And I think that's probably one of the main drivers for me right now is is to be like 
right, you've set these goals, you want to achieve these goals, there's nothing stopping you from achieving these goals. Yes, the road may be a bit difficult and there may be twists and turns here, there and everywhere, but how committed are you and how passionate are you about achieving it and achieving it for yourself? And I think it's really, really important that people really understand where they are in their journey and, you know, is it, that are they in business and, and just referring back to the hierarchy of needs um, at that primary level where they just want money here and now, mm -hmm. they want quick money because they need to service their basic needs, mm -hmm. food, clothing, water, house, blah, blah, blah. Um, or are they a bit further up, you know, on, on, in the pyramid, in the diagram where, you know, they, they have become as they're like, well, okay, I've, I've got that basic need now, right now I want to do this for mm. me and myself and know that I can do it. So it really is about just understanding where you sit um, in your journey and also understanding the passion that you have. I want to ask you a question, a question that's off script because um, I'm interested to know, like, because everything that, all the business that, it's, that, you're, in, that you're in, um, especially when it comes to the, the performing arts side of things. Mm -hmm. And the, the work that you do there is incredible. It's really, re and you know, it's award winning in itself. It's, it's crazy. It's nuts. It's just really, really cool. Thank you. I wonder with everything that you do, what is your personal motivation for the businesses that kind of, cause you talked about basic needs and everybody mm -hmm. has that. You obviously have to satisfy those, mm -hmm. but I find for most people in business, there is that extra thing that drives them beyond just the basic needs. And it almost speaks to a little bit about legacy, what someone wants to be remembered for. What is that for you? I think, so when we, when we think about the performing arts, I think it is 100% legacy. I think it's the piece around imprinting, um, positivity in the younger generation and doing something and creating space for the younger generation that I didn't have mm. or, or when I was growing up and uh, you know I'll give you an example um we you know we we worked with this kid um you know in the very in in you know in in, in the early stages of, of, of Aston Performing Arts Academy and he was going off track and we worked with him, we worked with the school and he came and visited APAA and decided that he wanted to make a home at APAA and was with us for a very, very long time. I would probably say he was with us for about seven years before he decided he wanted to pursue his acting career and went off to university. Um, and he went to university, did his acting. Um, but at the same time, every time he came back to the city, he was with us, performing with us, just incredible incredible person um and then he landed a role in coronation street which was incredible and we were all so proud of him um and he then decided that he wanted to come back to the city um and open up his own um drama school to affect the lives of disadvantaged young people in the same way that his life was affected mm -hmm. through apaa and now he's delivers that through Birmingham Hippodrome, which is a board that I sit, I sit on, but that's a different story. But he delivers that service through a board, through, through a board, through through um through Hippodrome to affect the lives of young people. To me, that is legacy. Yeah, he has literally absorbed, watched, 
and looked at how a service and a facility has impacted and transformed his life for the better and then said actually I want to do the same for the next generation now if that somebody in that cohort says I want to do the same for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation my job is done yeah and and it just brings a smile on my face to know that even when Aston Performing Arts is dead and gone, it's still continuing in the guise of other things. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's just, yeah, that, that is one of the most rewarding things of my career, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I thought I'd ask that question because I, I think for me, I'm very, very big on legacy and having an impact after I'm gone. What will I be remembered for? Mm-hmm. That is a big thing for me. And I, and asking you that question and hearing that is really powerful because it is that compounding effect. You've mm-hmm. touched one person who's now notable in society on a mainstream TV station who's like, actually, I want to do what True and that mm-hmm. Academy did for me, for younger people, because now they want to use their influence and their presence to be able to replicate mm-hmm. and do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. And really that's what the world should be about, yeah. giving back. Yeah pulling people up around you, yeah. being an example, being mm-hmm. a shining beacon of hope mm-hmm. of, you know, things don't have to be the way that yeah. they are, particularly from, you know, our mm-hmm. our community and stuff like that. It's true. It's true. And, it's, and it's, it is really powerful. And, and when I sit back and take stock of some of the people who we've worked with under the academy and who've came through the academy doors and what they're doing now and how they are working with young people to affect them. I mean, another one's just launched a mentoring, um, a mentoring company going around to different schools and mentoring young people in the same way that he was mentored through the academy. And I just think, wow, this is, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I have this year became unapologetic with the results that we're achieving. And it's not necessarily these written down results where, you know, it's all data and stuff. It's actual results that we can see. And, mm-hmm. And these young people who have come through the academy are are living and walking testimonies of what this service does. And this is another reason why I would never, ever... I don't care how rich I become. I don't care how successful in business I become. This little performing arts academy that I've been working on for the last 15 years will stay by my side. I don't care how old I become. I could be really old and crippled. I will still be walking in the Performing Arts Academy with my walking stick and making sure that we are still doing the job that we need to do for mm-hmm. our young people. Right. Fantastic. And that's an amazing kind of outlet in terms of just the legacy piece and being impactful in business. I know that the Performing Arts Academy has its own kind of brand. But just talk to me a little bit about brand. You do a lot of work in the space, helping people develop their own, own brands and, and kind of build it. What's the importance of a brand in a business? It's so, so important. I think what brands do, and, 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 and I think at this stage, it's really important to know for your listeners that when I speak about brand, I'm not speaking about the aesthetics. I'm not speaking about the logo, the colours, the um, the shapes. And, and, and although those things are, are, are quite important because it does build a visual identity for 
for your business, your brand cuts and runs a lot deeper than that. Your brand is the thing that your audience resonates with, mm-hmm. that connects with on a deeper level, that they can identify themselves in um, and, and with. And it's ultimately going to be the thing that allows your audience to buy from you or to part with their money to to, to purchase the services or or product from you. So I think it's really, really important that people really understand how their brand tells stories, mm. how their brand connects with audiences um, and how their brand really helps build a community um, and help build fans. I think it's so, so important that you you, you turn your followers to fans, into fans and, and your brand and that community building piece um, is the way to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. On, on brands, are there any particular tips that you would kind of give um, new business owners or, or entrepreneurs on, you know, what are the key things to consider with a brand when you're trying to build your personal brand or your business brand? Yeah, of course. So the first thing is make sure that you, when strategizing, you think about online as well and creating mm. an online space for your brand and, and working out and trying to think about how does your brand fit online and um, make sure that that's one of the biggest I would say um, tips of all, make sure that you you understand how does your brand fit in the online space. The second thing that I would probably say is don't try and build this brand and think that it's going to connect with everyone. Be really particular about your audience. Mm-hmm. Do some research, do some market research and understand your audience, understand your customer and, and do customer personas and all that great work and build your brand around that. If you believe or think that you want this brand to connect with everyone, which is something that a lot of entrepreneurs do when they first start, they're like, oh no, I just don't want to have a 36 year old woman that's based in Sutton Coldfield, that's a HR (laughs) director that lives. I just don't want, that's not, you know, I want my audience bigger than that. I want men, I want children. Mm stuff like no one's saying that your brand won't attract those people but your primary audience and that customer that you want to attract Mm. that's who you need to build your brand around and and not try and please and connect with everyone because that would be a a huge a huge blunder and yeah i would also say whilst we're, we're on the subject think about your visual identity think about the colors that you're using think about the shapes think about the sizes because Albeit it's not the brand, it's an important facet to the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely think about think about those. Um, and uh, those would be my top tips. So um, how does it tell the story? Um, how does it really tell your story? How does it connect with your audiences? And um, how do you build a community around it? And also how do you build or or thinking about your visual identity Mm. it's interesting you say that actually because um i think yeah you can't you cannot cater to everybody you just can't and while mass mass appeal is always nice to kind of have ultimately and i'm learning this the kind of person that will pay you for your services is of a certain profile Mm -hmm. and i'm learning that now i mean if i look at my audience across the podcast and off youtube majority of male 
because I'm a male, pretty much. I do have a surprisingly big female following. Mm -hmm. And actually, the people that book me the most for coaching are actually women because wow. women are more likely to ask for help than, mm -hmm. than men. But I think you're right in ch not trying to kind of mass appeal, mm -hmm. try and understand, right, who are the people that you will really resonate with you who are likely to pay you for the services. Yeah. And those two things are sometimes very, very different yeah. because from a majority male following, I would have thought I would have mostly male coaching clients, but right. I don't. Most of them are, are female right. and stuff. Wow. So yeah. Yeah, incredible. Last question for you on this. What are your top three tips for entrepreneurs, business owners? Oh, at great this question. In time in 2021? Great, great question. Um, what the, the first one has to be, Online, like how are how is your business online and is your business online and is there an online space for your business like that will be a huge huge tip um just making sure that you it's online um the second thing will be again i revert back to some of the stuff that we we spoke about kind of like the systems and processes mm -hmm. making sure that you've got those down and i can't stress how important that is, um, particularly if you want to scale, like, so, so important. And the, the third thing is, is that I will probably say accountability piece. Um, so making sure that you've, you've got that built in, whether it's in, in the guise of a mentor or whether it's going to be in the guise of a coach or whether mm -hmm. it's going to be um, in the guise of you just writing things down and holding yourself accountable um, it's so, so important that you are accountable for to do what you say you're going to yeah. do. Um, so those would be my three things. Um, systems and processes, even though I can't, that wasn't number one. Oh, being online, number one. Systems and processes being number two and being accountable, number three. Yeah. I, I would definitely agree with number three. I mean, for the last year and a bit, 18 months, maybe two years, I run an accountability circle online wow. where it's about people who are go-getters who are developing businesses entrepreneurs because that i'm going to do this this week you get distracted you don't do that thing and the reality is those small steps add up to that big picture and just mm. having someone where you're meeting up every week so i have polina um meet with every week and if i don't do it i know that i've cheated myself mm. and that is such it sounds so nonchalant and so unimportant but it's mm -hmm. really really important it just makes sure that if i say i'm going to do something i am absolutely going to go do it mm. and get it done why don't you share your socials again yes, for people to, yes, to follow you yes so um you can all catch me on my website which is truepower.com and all the businesses and my blogs and everything that I get up to um is on there but if you want to catch me on social media that's true underscore power that's true without the e underscore power um instagram twitter facebook you can catch me on there you can also catch my podcast which is the creative entrepreneurs podcast um on all streaming platforms as well as youtube which is under my name true power fantastic that's great thank you true for being here and again guys if you've not listened to podcast go and go go and listen to it it's amazing uh, but guys we'll catch you next week thank you thank you cheers Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one -on -one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.